Summer break is over. We've had a lot of drama off the track, but boy, are we ready to see the on the track drama once again. It's lights out. And All right, we are back after what felt like a much needed month, but my gosh, I've been chomping at the bit to get on this podcast with my buddy. As always, I'm your host, Marco. I'm Ian. And man, I mean, how was the summer break? I mean, good. I feel like this was, this was probably, I, I don't realize how, I didn't realize how much I needed it until we had it. And it's just like, we were just talking before the podcast, like, I've been looking forward to this podcast all day, dude. I Like, I've been thinking about different takes I have, what I want to say. And yeah, man, it's just, it's good to be back. I see those, you ever see those, uh, like on Twitter, people will be like, it's raw seek, like race week, but broken mm-hmm. up because of that Ferrari post I went to. Like, it's those, it's race week posts. Like, all, I'm always like, oh, Jesus, dude, I know, like, stop it. But it's been hitting different this oh. time around. Oh, like, yeah. I'm like, oh, yes, it is. Yes, it is, baby. We are all systems go. Summer break could not have been like a, a perfect time. About three weeks right there. And yeah, these last couple of days, it was just like, it came up just when I was like, all right, like, I have nothing else to look forward to right now. I need some racing in my life. And boy, we're back. We are so back. Premier League is in full swing. NFL football is about to go. Uh, we got F1. Like we're about to have the the Sundays that my fiance absolutely fucking hates, where I am in front of the TV from way early in the morning to way late at night watching football, s- soccer, and F1. So yeah, I, I mean, like lay it on me. I'm ready to, to spend the rest of my life in front of the TV for the rest of the fall. All right, enough about those tier two, tier three sports. Let's get into the real sport, Formula One. On this episode of the podcast, we got our recent headlines, I guess somewhat recent monthly headlines. We have our Grand Preview of the Belgian Grand Prix, and then we have our race predictions. And to start off with our recent headlines, we have, I mean, I it's definitely been for me the juiciest off, uh, the juiciest summer break that we've had since being a fan of Formula One. So much to go through. So I think we should start off going right into Silly Season Updates. Obviously, we talked about the last podcast, Aston Martin going from one champion to another. So we have Alonzo going to Aston Martin. We have Oscar Piastri to Alpine. Wait, no, McLaren to, oh, to court? I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, he definitely will be going to court. Uh, so we don't know about how that goes. And then we have, you know, some uh, minor kind of assumed things. Alex Albon resigning. Uh, Alex Albon resigning. Not resigning. He's still staying in. I saw that. <laughs> no, like those, those headlines were super weird. It was like, he resigns? Like midway through the season? It was like, oh, resigns. Yeah, no, that's a tough word. I feel like, I mean, yeah, that's not, they got to really break that up, <laughs> fix that one. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think obviously the biggest thing was we just heard officially today uh, that old Danny Ricardo is getting the boot from McLaren, something that we kind of saw uh, for the, the writing was on the wall for these past couple of weeks. Ian, as the McLaren fan, the McLaren expert, what are your thoughts of the recent news? I, I want to get into my thoughts about McLaren, but I, I this is just too good. There's too much juiciness, and I want to go point by point, if that's okay with you, because I have thoughts. Yeah. Um, so starting with Alonzo, I, I don't know if I said this last time around, but 
you know, provided that Alonso retires from Aston Martin because, you know, he's got a multi-year contract. I think, you know, if you ask him, maybe that's not the plan. But, you know, at the end of a multi-year contract, what's he going to be, like 45 and still racing? So, you know, I, I think he'll be gone. And at that point, Lance Stroll will have retired Philip Ma- Felipe Massa. Sebastian Vettel and Fernando Alonso. So again, proving that if you can't win an F1, just have your dad buy old washed up drivers and say that you retired those drivers. Um, moving on to the Pia- the Piastri situation is we we way glossed over that too much. Like I, I want to dig into this. The three possible scenarios that I could see here from Piastri, right? One, he was playing Alpine and leading Alpine on, being like the whole time, like, yeah, like I am committed with you guys. Thank you for having me as your reserve driver. Um, and then screwed them over. Two, right, Alpine was just playing hardball, thinking that there was going to be like a battle, like foreseeing the battle between McLaren and Alpine, tried to just strong arm him in with like a social media post, being like, thank you to Oscar for racing with us in 2023. Um, Or third, which is my favorite, no foul play was going on for either side, and everybody involved is a poorly communicating idiot which is i think what i would prefer to have like happening at this point like just that back and forth i know it's at this point it's happened like several weeks or a couple weeks ago but like what an absolute clown show silly season is supposed to be silly but i don't think it's supposed to be as embarrassing as some of those teams made it uh my sponsor actually was going to be uh linkedin because uh alpine should be looking for a new social media manager Uh, i think that was just a a tough look to before you i mean you cross all dots you you slash all eyes before you post this stuff so yeah i mean pretty jumped a gun my my thought on this truly is that oscar was like hey this is my only real like realistic shot to get in here uh with like a pretty strong team and then once he saw that kind of movement he sees alonzo go i mean he sees uh danny rick really like that opening potentially open he's like you know what mclaren does seem like a better team to jump on which i mean performance wise i don't know if this is that is correct necessarily but maybe it just has like their shit more together and it's just mclaren is a more i I think like fun team to root for and i'm i'm assuming maybe he was feeling that same whereas like i just enjoy that i like i i also really like lando and i don't really like esteban so i'd rather just drive with a team that i enjoy (laughs) that's honestly like probably a sneaky part of this like are you are you wanting to hang out with Lando Norris or do you want to hang out with Esteban Ocon for a lot of the a lot of the year? Yeah, he's like I see how McLaren the McLaren boys have fun, Danny and him just giggling. Do you ever see that to the other guys? I don't think so. <laughs> Can you imagine? Yeah, dude, talk about like they need they need a new social media manager, but also like a content manager that like has stuff. Yeah. McLaren is always pumping out stuff for like Lando and Danny to you know get into little games that they play. It didn't have no impact of like okay, this guy I'm probably gonna be better friends with overall, and like you know we'll see. But um, yeah. all right, Danny Ricardo. People say that I have changed my mind on Danny race to race and have been incredibly inconsistent with my feelings. <laughs> Some Ew. people Who on this podcast, that? whether or not that's true, right? I'm very excited for the next nine races we have with him in our sport, where he's like he's like this dying grandparent or like dying family dog, like family pet. Where like we know there's an expiration date, we'll say on him, but. The fun part about that expiration date when it approaches, let's you know, think of like grandma, grandpa, think of the dog, grandma and grandpa getting all the milkshakes they want, 
Grandpa, who has, you know, lung cancer, gets to smoke all of his cigars. Grandma getting blacked out on wine. Not much focus on the future, so you just focus on having fun in the now. Like, Danny's known for a sense of humor, personality, off track, at this point of his career, more than on track. So, like, I think, like we were just talking about, McLaren and the social media team need to absolutely squeeze all of the juice out of this situation. Like, I want all the McLaren content. Uh, you know, I want him and Lando playing games. I want uh, just like a Danny cam, maybe, I think, like like before races. Just strap a GoPro to him and give me that, you know, give me that like <laughs> kind of like pre-race him just messing around with the boys. Like he's he's obviously it's it's kind of changed given that, you know, well, not too much, but it has changed in some effect. Like just he's a lighthearted, goofy guy. We need to let him get all that out of his system before he, you know, probably let's call let's call it what it is, goes to IndyCar. I don't think that's too crazy of a thing to say. I'm not saying for the, for clarification, I'm not saying the IndyCar is just a hospice for F1 drivers to live out their few days of their racing career. Um, but if he did do that, he would be taking the same career path as like a couple people who have had that route in F1, you know, like Juan Pablo Montoya, right? Roman Grosjean. Marcus Harrison, Emerson Fittipaldi, Nigel Mansell, Takuma Sato, Michael Andretti, Alex Zanardi, Alexander Rossi, Sebastian Bourdain, Rubens Barrichello. Like, some of the guys do do that, you know, I, I guess is the point I'm trying to make. So, it seems like his indie, his clock is ticking uh, closer and closer to IndyCar clock. No, I, I completely, I mean, hey, he uh, he could also pull a K-Mac where, you know, he does a short stint in IndyCar and he flip-flops back, you know? Yeah, dude, who's to say he doesn't get his swagger back there? Exactly. I mean, K-Max having a pretty decent season for being in the Oscar. So, uh, yeah, I mean, maybe you just need a little time off, refocus. But I also think that uh, Danny also loves the U.S. more than anything. He has a place in, I think, L.A. Like, I I think that I think he might have a preference maybe with IndyCar. He's like, do I want to go to IndyCar? They'll probably pay me a bunch. I get to be in a place that I want to be in, like, pretty much full time. Or do I, you know, suffer with F1 if I want to be in a Williams for the next year or two? But you mentioned K-Mag, by the way, and I also wanted to talk to you about Mick Schumacher potentially being out of a Haas contract in 2023. There's rumors of him not getting that spot. And again, they're just rumors, but potential return, little prancing hooves of an Italian stallion, mm-hmm. smooth talking Jesus coming back, yeah, Antonio Giovinazzi getting yeah. in with the Haas Ferrari team. Uh, you know, like who's, who's to say, I don't hate it actually. No, not at all. And I think this might make sense here if, so there's six available seats left with six teams. I would love for you to run through how you think next year goes. I'll do the same, see where we kind of overlap. And, you know, maybe I did a couple, uh, maybe a little far out there ones just for good fun and kind of a, a hope and a wish, get it out in the universe. But I would love just to see where we end up actually on the grid next year compared to what we're, we're assuming at this point in time. All right, so my I, I'm down. My disclaimer here is I'm going to go f- more for what I want to happen than what I think is going to happen because the truth is who the f- who knows what's going to happen. Yeah, I did a little bit of both, yeah. All right, so we'll start with from the bottom of the grid. The Nicky's losing his seat most likely, right? So that Williams spot's going to be. It has there. to, yeah. Um, how about a Kimi Raikkonen back in the mix? How about a kid? Fuck you. <laughs> no, shut the fuck up. How about a coming back and saying, hey, I just, you know, I'm pulling a Fernando Alonso saying he's not done. Getting back in the mix, dude. I don't know. I don't hate it. 
Yeah, I mean, like, if we're going to just do things that probably won't happen, I'm going to go with Michael Schumacher. He's coming back. <laughs> he has one of those Stephen Hawking, like, he just moves his finger in the car, like... Dude, what if he's just an absolute dominant <laughs> form? Like, back in the heyday, just insane with the car. Um, I know, I'm going to go with... Uh, I'm going to go with Logan... Uh, I'm going to go with Logan Sargent. So, I want Bang. U.S. blood back back in the Formula One grid. So yeah, I'm gonna, that's kind of my hope and a dream. I think he's maybe a year or two out still, but um, that's where I'm, I'm fingers crossed he's gonna land up with Williams. Yeah, um, all right, who's next? Aston Martin is spoken for at this point, right? Uh, Alpha Tauri, we got yep. an open seat, am I correct? Yeah, sure do. Sure do. Alpha yep. Tauri, um, I, you know, Alpha Tauri, I think this would be like a better fit for Antonio Giovinazzi, honestly. Like get him back and like into an Italian team, um, and like, you know, put him put him among his kind, among his Italian brethren and see where he can do. I like it. Um I'm gonna go a little little easy here. I'm gonna say Yuki stays there. I think that kind of Honda connection that he has uh bodes well for him. So I think he stays at least another year there. That's fair. Uh let's see, Ch-ch-ch-ch. Haas is next. Alpha Romeo. Oh, Alpha Romeo. Oh, Alpha Romeo. Um, let's start with Haas. I think, I mean, honestly, like I think Danny Ricardo going to Haas would be the smartest like business move because yeah. what do America like Americans love characters and Americans love things that are American. Haas is an American team, and if they brought in the character like Danny Ricardo is argu- arguably like the the biggest character off the track. Like bring him in. You can't like I would have a very hard time not rooting for Danny Ricardo in a Haas car, oh. even if the Haas was bringing up the back end. So yeah, yeah. I, I think that's a great move actually. I'm, I just yeah. sold myself on it. Yeah, no, I like that a lot. I'm actually going to go with uh, Mr. Uh, F1 Jesus. I'm going to go with Antonio here. Like you yeah. said, uh, Ferrari engine. Ferrari's going to be like kind of a fan of of this move. I mean, they they're going to root for him or Mick. I assume of the guys available. So. Um, yeah, I think I think we see him back on the grid with Haas. Yeah, love it. Alfa Romeo. Um, well, it's going to give it away, but you know, at this point, it's going to give it away. But Marco, pop quiz. Other than Red Bull, which has uh, an eighty-five point uh, separation between its first and second driver, which constructor has the biggest point differential between drivers? I'll give you a hint. It's the one we're about to talk about. Alfa Romeo. Oh, you got it right. One for one, baby. Good start. Let's go, baby. You're a smart guy, you. Uh, Yeah, dude, 41 point gap between Valtteri and Joe Guan Yu. Like, I thought this was. I didn't. I thought. I knew there was a discrepancy, but. Yeah, Joe was your boy all all half season, too. You were all on the Joe. The Joe. The Joe train, Jesus. Dude, the. uh, Do you remember when we were talking about how, like, Alfa Romeo was just trying to blow up his engine every race, like the three or four races that he had DNFs just so that they didn't show the world his talent before they could re-sign him. Yeah. And now, yeah, dude, Valtteri has over nine times the points that Guan Yu has. So it's like, I was thinking like when we were, when we first sat down, when I started getting my F1 cap back on, I was like, man, it's kind of time for Valtteri to go, I think. Like that could be a good, that could be another good IndyCar guy like on his way. But yeah, dude, it's kind of hard to justify getting rid of the driver who has nine times the points as as your second driver so yeah um yeah but as far as like who would end up there um i i think i mean man i i hate this i hate to say it but like i think i think joe's gotta go because i think we give i think valtteri's in there he gives some guidance to mick mick moving from haas into an alfa romeo taking that step 
closer to Ferrari, which is a you know some a situation that was probably talked about as soon as Mick came out of the womb between Ferrari and Michael Schumacher. So um, yeah, I'd say like more of what I want to happen than what I think actually will happen. But let's say give me Mick at uh, at Alfa Romeo. All right, I'm gonna I'm actually gonna stick with Joe. So um, I think that he is actually for a rookie. And what we've seen out of rookies the last couple of years, he's actually done pretty well. I know it's all relative with, you know, the driver you're driving against. But like you said, there's been a lot of things out of uh, his control. And I think that he has shown flashes of being pretty strong. So and hopefully, you know, the whole COVID in China kind of gets fixed because I know they were struggling. They were they were, you know. Uh, putting a lot on them getting a lot of sponsorship and Chinese money coming their way. Um, I think COVID was a little bit an issue. Not having races there every year is also a bit of an issue. So maybe they're hoping that uh, that kind of gets settled out a little bit and um, they they can help the revenue stream a lot more too. Yeah. Message to China. Please fix the, fix COVID. <laughs> fix, I mean, they started it. So I, mean, it's fix it. <laughs> I didn't say it, dude. I didn't <laughs> say it. What are you talking about? <laughs> All right, we're going to go on to McLaren. McLaren. This one seems wrapped up. Lando and Piastri. Um, dude, so I'm just thinking, uh, <laughs> like, if this court, if they do, if Alpine is like, no, we're going to be stubborn. We're going to take this fucker to court. And they, like, court abiding force him to drive for them, I think would be the greatest outcome I could possibly imagine. No greater who's your daddy than being like, oh, you you want you wanted to go somewhere else? Uh oh. Yeah, you yeah, maybe you shouldn't have signed. Yeah, shouldn't have signed the contract, huh, buddy? <laughs> like honestly, that's the only way for Alpine not to look like an idiot because if Alpine ends up getting, I mean, it's, I don't think it's going to happen for the record. But like, I, if Alpine does end up getting Oscar to race with them, I mean, dude. Alpine all along has looked like big idiots. Now Oscar looks like the biggest idiot. Dude, just <laughs> so tail like, between his legs. Like, if I'm Oscar, I'd be like, all right, legally I have to because you're telling me I have to, but I'm going to throw every fucking race if you make me drive with you. They, like, put in something into his contract for, like, insurance policy. Be like, all right, we know you're going to crash our car a lot just out of spite. So after the <laughs> third crash, it comes out of your paycheck. <laughs> I love that, yeah. Uh, no, no, I think that's right. I mean, unless just legally something uh, jarring comes and that does, which I mean, I, I, I'm all for it. Yeah, I think it's a uh, Oscar there. And then uh, I think last but not least, Alpine. Uh, you, you go with Alpine first here because I don't think you're going to like my answer. So I am actually going to go with Danny. I think he makes his way back to Alpine, the team that he left for McLaren. I think uh, some major reasoning for this also is the guys that he was there, that were there when he left, and that um, were there when he was there, Cyril gone, Alan Prost gone, uh, Bukowski gone. So all the guys like the the head honchos at Alpine, are all gone. So I think this is kind of like a new new slate for him. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I feel like he did show um, his last year. He won a race, I believe, with them. So I think he did show some promise out of that Alpine car, and it, it seems like it's a little stronger than McLaren. So I think he would be jumping performance-wise to a better team. Yeah, I mean, he didn't run a race. Did he win a race with Alpine? No, he run away, He won a race with McLaren, but he got, like, podiums. Oh, it was a podium to get right? Cyril the It was podiums that he was not supposed to get. and so Right, like, it was a, you know, yeah, because I but, thought it was win a race that Cyril gets a but I think it was, I think you're right, I think it was just podium. Yeah, I, like... 
that act, I think you actually completely sold me on that. Like that's the last place he's had success, right? He he got more out of that car than a lot of people thought was possible, and like I mean that's essentially what they're asking Esteban and uh, and Fernando to do, and kind of what they're delivering on. Like they're beating McLaren by four points right now, um, and you know they that is what their battle is for for fourth, and they're winning right now. So yeah, I think. You know, I think just with with their trajectory, you could you could kind of spin it with Ricardo as like, oh, you know, there wasn't chemistry with the McLaren, but there was at Renault, so I'll go back to Renault. I was gonna say something stupid like Stoffel Van Dorn just to shake things up, um, get him back in the mix and see him fail again, um, just because I, I really like he he got a little. I don't know if you saw like there was a race where Stoffel beat uh, like Stoffel did well in this in this one kind of obscure series, and people were like, that's why he deserves an F one seat, and so I did did my home work and went back to when he was on McLaren with Fernando and that guy was fucking awful he was so <laughs> bad and so I like uh yeah I'm I was just thinking maybe it'd be fun but then I think that's the last one right Mercedes yep. locked up Ferrari locked up Red Bull locked up uh and, and yeah like we said Aston Martin but that was fun dude this yeah. is like I can feel my heart beating out of my chest how excited I am to be talking about this right now I know I, I'm curious to see how long silly season actually plays out this year because I feel like there is still a lot of big, big question marks where I really have no idea uh, what's going to happen. And yeah, how long this actually drags out. I, I hope it's for the rest of the season, to be honest. I, th- I think it should be. I don't see why. I think that at the very least, all they can do is give us weekly little like, uh, maybe yeah. type of rumors. <laughs> just teams start tweeting, uh, just like Alpine did. <laughs> just, yeah, just be like, this exactly. is the world we live in now. Like nothing is the truth or everything is the truth. You, you decide. I think the reign of the rogue social media manager has just begun where I feel like, you know, what a better way to garner a bunch. I mean, it's all about clout on social media, right? So have the Mercedes admin be like, Lewis is retiring. And then the next day, the next day be like, ah, we we got you. Who believed it? Raise your hand if you believed it. Ha ha. 50,000 retweets. That's what, right? Suck it. (laughs) Yeah, dude, exactly. Yeah, they probably have numbers that they have to hit. Like, hey, we want X number of likes, right? X number of comments. Like, oh, that's an easy, easy layup there. Just it's like, like a cop at the end of the month that he has to hit his quota. So, like, at yeah. the end of the month, you always see these guys just making shit up. At, like, end of the month, they're like, oh, here comes March. And it's like, oh, I don't believe a goddamn word, but my God, I love it. <laughs> All right, back down to earth. Let's get down to business and talk about the rest of our headlines before we talk about uh, the Grand Preview and our race predictions. So starting off, kind of big uh, big news for people in uh, Colorado, Denver, where your boy is currently stationed, uh, Lewis Hamilton. He loves owning horses. He owned Ferrari for the last decade or so, and now he owns a minority stake in the Denver Broncos. So he uh, paired up with the Walton family, the, the, the guy, Walton Penner. Yep, congrats, congrats to Louie. Um, the Walton Penner family ownership group, that's the folks that own Walmart and a couple of other massive entities. They just decided to buy a football team, and Lewis, because of his, I'm assuming, because of his relationship with Russell Wilson, and I'm basing that off of literally them having taken one picture together, uh, that he was like, yeah, no, he's, Russ is going, then I'm going. But congratulations, I guess a question that I do have here for the Lewis fans is that Walmart has had a pretty damning history of anti-union activity, low wages, um, unsuitable working conditions. So, are we to believe that Lewis is okay with that? Does, is he just does he support that? Actually, I guess is a better question. I think just like Formula One, he's done his entire career. Like it's not great for the environment. He's trying to make change from the inside. Just a hero, a fucking oh, hero. Th- 
That's a good spin. And by the way, yeah. you will see uh, our our friends redrafted um, our F one fantasy, and I did end. I I got Lewis at, on my pick, so my tone with Lewis will be changing once I see him start to win points for me. <laughs> but <laughs> just as a nice I always disclaimer, knew it. I love him. Yeah, dude, I was just testing him the whole time. It's been a big test, and he's been passing. Yeah. Um, Next up on recent headlines, let's talk about the race circuits that will and will not be on the calendar. So uh, Australia on the calendar for real, for real through 2035, which thank God because like 2035 seems long. And imagine the people who are like who have signed that contract for the Australian Grand Prix to be held in Melbourne and, you know, they sign it. The next couple months, they lose their Australian driver that's in F1. Like, there would still be a lot of excitement, of course, but for when the cars, like, came to... Like, there would still be a lot of excitement for when the cars came to town and all that, but still, it's like, you know, having that having that Aussie blood in there, I think, was what some fans really liked. Thank God hey, we Oscar, got Piastri coming in. Yeah. yeah, thank God we I'm got fine. Piastri replacing coming an, uh, Yeah, we're replacing Aussie with an Aussie. It'll be like he's never gone. Or if he goes to Alpine, which in my head I can't stop thinking about how much that makes sense for him to actually yeah. do. 10% of the grid right there, uh, Australian blood. Dude, F1 is an Australian sport if you think about it. Uh, 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 but also, yeah, it doesn't. this doesn't feel real to me yet because we haven't raced there in quite a bit. So until we race there and I'm like, oh, sick, sick race. So glad that we have that for another 13 years. Uh, well, I actually like, uh, give this the the head nod. And so you're saying, when do you think the last time that we raced there was? Two years ago. Yeah, or April. We raced there in April for the Australian Grand Prix. Minus April. Oh, got it. Okay, so you're saying other than the last time that we raced there, it's mm-hmm. been a while. That we yeah, no, we're gonna cut that part. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm definitely leaving that in. Let's talk about uh, Russia. Racing in Russia is no longer. So there is, you know, we're out of Russia for good for, you know, for the foreseeable future right now. Which, by the way, I was going to talk to you about this. Maybe not on our Formula One podcast, but did we forget about Ukraine? Are they still are they still fighting over there? Why? What's going on over there? Why is everyone, is everyone still mad? I think it was the six-month anniversary, like... Uh, a couple days ago or something like that. Um, oh, yeah. it's still going. Yeah, I think that is still going. Um, but, yeah, uh, I, when when you said for the foreseeable future, uh, I'm pretty sure the F1 CEO was like, ever, ever again. He's like, we are, we are done with Russia. Yeah, dude, he made it seem like it was not coming back ever again. Good for him, dude. Yeah, Stick so he laid guns. that on. Like, I, I, I want to be a president of something one day where I can make a rule <laughs> That it would be like, even when I die and I'm got long gone, this rule is mandated this day forever. Like the owner of Costco making the um, the hot dogs super super cheap, and then they <laughs> thought about they thought about increasing the prices, and he like grabbed this the current CEO like by the neck and was like, "You're not fucking raising these prices." <laughs> like I want that. This guy is just being like, I don't care what changes. Thirty years down the line, if Russia's pretty cool by now, no more Russia. Yeah, that way they they remember what they did, which I still I'm not very clear on what happened. But anyway, or what's happening? I literally I was like, I thought I had the other day someone had like a one of those blue and yellow like uh, Facebook profiles, and I was like, is that still going on, or is that uh, did they figure stuff out over there? But I guess not. And thoughts and prayers to the people over there in what part of the world is that? Eastern? Yep. Asia? Eastern nope. Europe? Europe? Western Asia? Yep. Okay. Nope. All right. Okay. Cool. 
You're we are smart on this podcast. No, no, I'm. I mean, you know, I I listen to Morning NPR every morning, so I'm pretty caught up with this stuff. You just look like a bigot. <laughs> Jeez, all right, maybe I will cut this out. Um, Audi is. I think we talked about it. They are expected to take over Sauber starting in 2026. Um, I think you know it's, it's been there's different like levels of rumors to where it's just like oh it's a way out there potential rumor that just people are saying online and it's like oh it's a rumor that uh, you know credible reporters are now acknowledging and then and then it gets like released where it's like okay Audi it comes from the you know comes from the horse's mouth that Audi is expected to take over Sauber so I think that's the stage that we're in right now. Um, if you ask some people probably back in like March or April, they could have like seen or could have told you this was coming. But now I think, are we like officially official? Are we Facebook official with Audi and Sauber? I, I, it seems, it seems like yes. I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say I'm the, the one that like changes the Facebook, um, the Facebook title first and we'll kind of wait and see if they, they change it as well. But I'm changing it as in, yes, it, it, it is official. Okay, got it. So the you heard it here first from the Eaton Asphalt Boys. Officially, Audi official. Is, Audi is officially official uh, for taking over Sauber in 2026. Dude, so which, is, which is good because, uh, which is fine because like, who the fuck gives a shit about Sauber? Am I right? Yeah. Out of all the, the manufacturers or, or like the car brands in this sport, Sauber has got to be bottom tier. Yeah, and uh, yeah. Fuck those guys. Yeah. All right, moving, moving right along. So obviously um, had nothing to say there. <laughs> uh, moving along to uh, some things that have changed over the break. Uh, some new rule changes that could potentially help Mercedes themselves. So obviously the, the talk of the town uh, this entire race season has been the porpoising issue with Mercedes being one of the teams that have really, really been struggling, host other teams. But uh, yeah, so over break, FIA actually made some set rules att- attempting to control porpoising. There have been two changes coming that start in Belgium. One is a vertical oscillation metric, which defines like how much you're actually allowed to bounce, like whether it's considered bouncing, whether it's considered porpoising. Like there's a metric where they can just see, hey, too much bouncing, you're not allowed to do that. And then two, which is the main rule that is going to actually help Mercedes. And this is a stricter test on the floor rigidity. So uh, what the fuck does that mean? I'll tell you. So it, it does provide like a very intriguing effect. It's basically a test on the underbody to see if like the hardwood can wear only so much, prevents the, the ride height from being run too low. So basically like you ever see the sparks fly when the cars are coming around, basically it's like, Hey, if it gets too low, if it's starting to really destroy the uh, the hardwood of your car, penalty. Not allowed to do that. It's supposed to support to prevent like the plank from being bending upwards. Um, teams have actually like uh, adjusted for this currently. So uh, expecting the hardwood to bend, they actually had purposely left out uh, specific gaps with under the hardwood. So. As it starts to bend up, uh, these like the actually like start, purposely starts to bend out um, and really benefiting the team. Actually, uh, other teams have not actually had that gap. There has been some issues with teams complaining about that. So specifically, Red Bull and Ferrari have been teams that have left this gap um, in their underbody to like actually combat and like um, 
be, uh, I guess, a step ahead with this. So this actually will no longer be allowed. With this being said, Mercedes being one of the teams that did not have this gap within uh, their underbody could give them a benefit. Obviously, they have been kind of a step behind these other two teams. But um, if this is going to be as uh, detrimental to these two teams as potentially some people are thinking, I mean, I don't think it's worth seeing like, hey, Mercedes is now the favorite or anything like that. But, um, you know, there's always been that pretty clear gap between uh, the top two and Mercedes that hopefully closes a gap. And we're going to start to see like consistent three team battles uh, going forward. So I, I, I love this rule. I'm sure um, Helmet Marco is just fucking losing his goddamn mind uh, right now, which actually makes me even happier about this rule. But uh, yeah, anything that can actually like, close the gap to um, to Red Bull is I'm more than more than for it. Yeah, very cool. Uh, I yeah, wasn't really listening during that part, but what <laughs> I did take away was that F1 is once again <laughs> rigging things. <laughs> F1 was once again rigging things in Mercedes' favor, I think, is a good summation um, for, for all that. I'm leaving all that in as well because I think I, no, I did, not. did a pretty good job. I kept having that. I did not re- read over it after the first time I wrote it down. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, sorry for the editing, but it's going to happen. Uh, and to, uh, to finish up our recent headlines, this just came out today as well. So uh, tough, tough news for the Eaton Asphalt podcast and its community there's now an american f1 comedy podcast has grown i would say double i think we're the only one probably around uh but will arnett so a famous comedian famous actor uh, will be doing a live interactive post race show starting this week in belgium so um, yeah Uh, yeah exactly very exciting um i would say that this kind of hurts us you know where we were in a, a real nice soft spot by ourselves with no competition i think they Formula One saw this and was like, uh, yeah, we need to do something about that. So, yeah, got like one of America's sweethearts who already has a podcast, by the way, kind of rude that he's double dipping. Um, but I would say that I do offer him to come on the podcast of ours as well. Show, we'll show him like the ranks, how to do this thing well. Also, uh, since it is going to be a live interactive post race show, um, I am going to flood the fuck out of that fucking show. <laughs> Um, okay, couple thoughts here. So first thing, I think our first course of action, because if you don't know, Will Arnett, uh, Jason Bateman, and Sean Hayes host a podcast called Smartlist that's mega successful. They have on all these kind of Hollywood celebrities, famous music acts. You know, anybody with like a high status and something will go on their podcast. So I think our first course of action, Marco, is that we also start a, um, a comedy podcast that strictly just talks to A-list celebrities. I think that's probably a good... Yeah, okay, yeah. The, the George Clooney one with them was fantastic. So I say maybe start off with that guy. Yeah, start off with George Clooney. Actually, Danny Ricardo. Something small. Danny Ricardo was on their podcast, or maybe we could scoop him up. Um, yeah. And, and yeah, I just, I mean, this is ridiculous, dude. Big guy picking on little guy. Unfunny prick Will Arnett, dude. Just asshole coming in and stepping off for the record. I absolutely love the Smartless Podcast. It's a very entertaining and wonderful podcast. But my feelings for Will Arnett stepping on our turf right now, um, I actually saw a Conor McGregor tweet 
that perfectly summarized my feelings toward him, and the tweet reads this. That frock tick little scrawny pencil neck, I'll grab his head and twist it clean off at a wonder with my bare hands. Little wally of a thing, I'll slap you around, you little toffee nose toss pot. So, uh, yeah, I think I might write that into a letter and send it to Will Arnett's house. But uh, the weird thing about that is that tweet was also about Will Arnett. From yeah, Conor McGregor. Did you know that? Conor McGregor also has an F1 podcast and he's that mad. Fucking <laughs> weasel. All uh, right. Fuck, man. Well, it was fun while it lasted. <laughs> All right. That's enough for headline. Jesus, we're at like half over half an hour just headlines. So let's get quick into the Grand Preview. Spa Funkel the track where young Michael Schumacher made his F1 debut for the Jordan team in 1991. The track that our good, our old but gold friend uh, Kimi Raikkonen was called the king of. This is where Antoine Hubert died in 2019 during a Formula 2 race. There's so much history here. It's a great circuit. And as of now, it will be the last time that F1 races for the foreseeable future in Spa-Francorchamps. So absolutely tragic bad challenge that we have with that but our opportunity is that let's have a hell of a race let's close out with a bang for this uh series of like you know every year every other year racing at spa um quick quick pause for a second marco do you remember when i think it was last year the ceo of spa was murdered last year in a double murder suicide yeah yeah yeah, because uh she was her partner was cheating on her and then killed her yep partner the other guy and herself yep yeah, that was. How could so, I forget? Okay, well, great way to start off the ground preview on my part. Let's talk about the track. Spa is one of the longest uh, laps of the season, one of the fastest average speed over 230 kph or 143 miles an hour on average. Um, third fastest average speed on the grid. This is like a fun circuit for drivers. We got elevation changes, two DRS zones, and only 44 laps since it's so long. So 44 laps in Spa versus, like for reference, Hungaro Ring was 71 laps, so almost double there. Um, in recent news, the powers of F1 widened a portion of the track because it was just a touch too dangerous. Uh, a couple close calls at Eau Rouge is the, is the corner name. We've got fast corners at Spa. This this is going to be a track where teams are breaking out the low, very low downforce packages in their car and trying to really max out that top speed just because, you know, the kind of the quote-unquote corners here are really just like, you know, 15-degree turns at some point and, and going back. So, uh, there you know, the, the corners, there definitely are some very acute angles, but a lot of them are just kind of little, little tweaks of the steering wheel. Um, fun part about this track is it does rain here a lot. It rains a lot in Belgium, so 32 inches on average. Uh, for reference, Seattle, which is a notoriously rainy place, gets like 37 inches per year on average. Marco and I were actually together for a quali session uh, last year, which is very rare, and it was a hell of a quali. George Russell nudged his way into P2 in a Williams, which is kind of like top five moments of last year for me. Um, obviously, we had like the worst possible end to that weekend, which was we were just waiting around for like four to five hours before having the race essentially canceled, but you know, like half points were given out essentially for quali position. Um, should be fine this year on rain, though, so nothing in the forecast as of now, outside of a potential little sprinkle on Friday, high of 76 both Saturday and Sunday. So it's just going to come down to the racing rather than the conditions uh, playing a part in it. And thank God, because 
like I said earlier, man, we want some good closure with the circuit. We want a st some storylines that we can talk about for the years to come where we're not racing in Spa. You know, even if it's like a see you later instead of a goodbye, we got to see some, I want to see some wild, wild shit here before we, you know, take at least a few years off. I, I think we'll be back, uh, but for the years that we're not back, I want to have some, some wild action go. Yeah, uh, I think it's only fair if it goes out with another murder, right? Okay. On the track, off the track, I'll take whatever. And let's move on to race predictions. To remind everyone where things stand as of today, Marco is currently beating me 18 points to 17 points. So with that, um, Marco, I'm actually going to let you go first. Go ahead. All right, thank you very much. Um, who do we think will crash for DNF? I am going to go with Nicholas Latifi. You uh, son of a bitch. Yeah, it's only a matter of time till that guy's fucking out of here. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's crashed two out of the last three races, or DNF two out of the last three races. So good thing to ride the hot hand. That was my guess, but um, in response, I am going to go with Charles Leclerc. Given the old Ferrari double, you know, kind of one-two punch of fuck, maybe, maybe fuck. <laughs> That's yeah. not what I need to start the second half of the season. <laughs> um, winner, I haven't selected him in a couple weeks, so give me a Max Verstappen win. Yeah, uh, I think that's a fair move. I would like to actually put into perspective how over this driver championship is. Leclerc could win every remaining race and the fastest lap and still not win the championship if Max were to come in second or For sometimes third. Yes. So, uh, yeah, um, I am going to go with Lewis, though because I'm going to ride this whole Mercedes going to benefit from a new rule change. So um, hopefully Mercedes does that. My last place is going to be uh, the guy that I don't think is going to be on the grid next year, Mick Schumacher. Okay. Um, I'm going to zig a little bit and make the pain hurt less and kind of emotional hedge and say that Danny Ricardo is going to be my last place driver. That way, that way, if he is in last place, just having the, you know, absolute yeah, shatter. Thank God he's gone. Yeah, I'd be like, all right, well, at least I get a point out of this. So um, that's last place. Driver of the day, give me Lewis Hamilton. I had the same thing uh, or same kind of mentality as you where I think this is going to be like a turning point for Mercedes where Lewis isn't going to get close to Max, I don't think, but he's going to get – he's going to like gain on him enough for us to be like, oh, okay, like, you know, there's at least reasons to watch. I think F1 is at least going to demand that out of him. Yeah, I could see that. I'm going to go with Max on mine just because I think these next two races are pretty home home races for him with Belgium, and then uh, they're in uh, Amsterdam the week after. So I think this is kind of right in his his wheelhouse of uh, fandom. Uh, it's going to be heightened. You're going to see a lot of orange. So, yeah, I think uh, they're going to play the fan favorite, Max, with Drive of the Day. Uh, our douche of the day, douche of the day, brought to you by Summer's Eve. Summer is winding down. How about you make it that much better and enjoy the rest of it with a smelly, nice, nice, good smelling taste. Summer's Eve. My douche of the day is going to be Fernando Alonso because I feel like he doesn't give a shit about working with Alpine anymore, and I hope he really does something to piss off Esteban Ocon. Uh, my douche of the day is actually going to be Latifi. So I think. At least if he goes out and if he takes other people out with him, then he's gonna be he's gonna do so in a douchified way. So put me down for Latifi douche of the day. Wild card prediction. Tell me what you think. Obviously, this is an open table conversation. Um, I think less than a one second gap between winner and second place. What do we think? I don't like that in the fact that if there's a yellow towards the end, that would really really benefit you. All right. 
Okay. Well, then you do yours, and I'll have to think of a new one in that time. Okay. Um, I am going. I'm going to go really quick. Uh, I'm going to go with exactly four cards to enough. The old EM card. That was my, I was literally just taking time to think of how many cars I wanted to do that. I was thinking five or four. You can do five. Fuck it. All right, fuck it. I'll do five. That way, if it gets close to like three or four, oh, yeah. then it, that's going to be a riveting race. So, yeah, you got four yeah. cars DNF. I got five cars DNF. I'm glad we get on. This is just – all right, next season, I think we just need to be like how many cars DNF instead yeah, of – Yeah, we'll do our own race prediction of, of random – how many cars actually are out? Yeah, I mean that's that's. I feel like that's the only way we can solve this because this is just too fun yeah. to not have it in. So. Yeah. Uh, all right, you got fastest lap then. Fastest lap, Jorge. Jorge, I like that one. Give me his uh, his compadre Lewis. And for pole position, I am also going to double down. Actually, give me you chose Lewis or George for fastest lap. Give me Jorge for pole. All right, I'm going to go with Mr. Pole himself, Charles Leclerc. That's a good one. I hope he gets pull and ends up with a DNFer. So um, I think that's it, man. This was a long one. We got we got a lot of talking, a lot of silly season. A talk. lot of things I had to get off my chest. A yeah, lot of things to chat about. Um, it's the beginning of the second half of the F1 season. We had our break. Now it's time to get back into the flow of every weekend or every other weekend. Um, it is very welcome here. We got nine nine races left. It's too early to be thinking like, oh, the season's almost over. But it's it's not too early to be thinking that you know. That that thought, you know, the the thought is coming of the season's almost over. You know, it's like we're in that yeah. stage. Once we get to like know, seven races weird. left, six races left, it's like okay, well, you know, we don't have that much left to go. So, yeah, man, I. Oh man, it's just good to be back with you. We appreciate everybody for listening. This is this is so much fun to do for us. Any closing thoughts before we send the people into the second half of the F one season, Marco? Nope. All right. Good stuff from Mark. (laughs) Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll see you after Spa. See you, assholes. See you, assholes.